hate to say it, but you have to prepare yourself for the possibility that Echo is dead. And this is all a Separatist trick. Sir, I've watched so many of my brothers fall during this war, and I try not to hang on to any one of them. But that changed when I heard that Separatist transmission. It was no algorithm. That was Echo's voice. I know it. I hope you're right. But if for some reason you're wrong, then I'll deal with it. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Uto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the Clone Army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode... Captain Rex Anakin and Clone Force 99 undertake a mission to trace the origin of the mysterious Separatist transmission! On Skakomana, they find primitive Poltex, Giant Karadax, and Domino Squad legend, Arc Trooper Echo! Hey, Chips, it's your old buddy Bucho. The Clone Wars rookie on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars. And next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars, he's the Rex to my Echo. It's your trusty pal, Robbie. How's it going, everyone? And this is the third time you've watched even this episode, right, Robbie? Due to the animatics. Yes, it is. And we are going to talk about the 123rd episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology, written by Brent Friedman, directed by Stuart Lee. It's Season 7, Episode 2, A Distant Echo. So, Robbie, how about we roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about Season 7, Episode 2, A Distant Echo, from those animatics, before you rewatched it again this week. Well, I can tell you the beginning where he talks to Padme. I'm not sure if that was in the original animatic, but I did remember them sort of infiltrating that uh, compound, I guess. I don't even know what you call it. The tower. Yeah. I remember that. I don't remember them being the flying droids. I had no idea about those, but I guess the, the finding of Echo, I did remember that. It's very, very different than how it was in the animatic. But yeah, it was uh, it was interesting to see. Well, the first half of Season 7, Episode 2, A Distant Echo, shows us Rex, Anakin, and Billy Rambo Hunter discussing a mission to investigate the source of the echo signal they discovered in the previous episode. It then shows us that Anakin, as you just mentioned, is conducting secret hologram meetings with his secret wife Padme, and that said secret meetings are not a secret from Rex. And we find out they're also not really a secret from Obi-Wan. And then once the mission is underway to the dust storm real world of Skako Minor, we see that Wrecker does one-armed shoulder presses while eating drumsticks. We see that the local primitive Poltax ride flying dragon-like creatures. And we see that both Anakin and Crosshair aren't very good at holding on to their weapons when a Poltax is in the driver's seat. And a few notes I've got here, Robbie. The first one is that Kevin Kiner... It's totally killing it with his classical adventure themes in this storyline. Any time you've seen a movie about commandos, maybe a commando squad, there's that kind of military vibe to the music. And I haven't uh, had a proper check, but I think we could even say that the Clone Squad 99, the Bad Batch, has their own theme because you sort of hear that same kind of musical idea pop up over and over. Also, I love the scene with Rex stalling Obi-Wan and then Anakin trying to outfox Obi-Wan, even though he couldn't do it in the end. I just thought it was a lot of fun. And then the scene with Crosshair being towed behind one of those Keradaks through the golden Skako Minor skies. 
on the cable. I thought that was just an epic piece of action. It was so fun. And it was really difficult not to choose that long side-on shot of Crosshair reeling the Keradark in as my standout shot of the episode. So I didn't fight it, Robbie. That was my standout shot of the episode. And lastly, I really dig the creepy design on those pole tacks. They have those three-digit hands with just two fingers on each hand, and they have those spindly long limbs. They have those crouched-over movements, and then they have those airy voices that are just really nicely creepy creatures. They seem kind of inspired by a grey, for example, the what we think of as greys, or one of the versions of greys. Maybe not the three-foot-tall version, but a taller, spindly version. So, given how creepy these guys are, it was just a relief when they decided they were going to help our heroes out instead of fighting them. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. This first half of the episode felt, I mean, even though I, I enjoy it, it felt like filler to me. And in fact, God, all the action in this episode for me felt like filler. Really? Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see what, what you think of that. Even Crosshair being towed behind the Kira Dock? Yeah, it was just because it didn't really lead to anything. How else would he have tracked Anakin? Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the Poltex and the, and on the flying on those, what is it? Kiridax, is that how you say them? I think so. I think they're cool, but they're literally there just so they can show them the place. Here's the place that you need to go. Okay, bye. So as a writer, you've got a choice between they just walk up to the place boringly, or they go on an epic air ride towed by <laughs> Kiridax. And you are a writer, Robbie. Which version are you going to write? Well, I don't know. I, I just felt a lot of it just felt inconsequential to me. It just didn't land for me. It, sure. it just didn't land for me. Now, like I said, I enjoyed the look of it. I even wrote a note that it it felt in a lot of scenes, it almost feels as if they're not shooting, but they're animating in more than 24 or 30 frames per second because it's so smooth. The movement is so well animated. You know, I'm talking about facial. Sure. You know, the facial animation. I mean, I went probably too much on the on the animation on the previous episode but this one it was just like there's a quick shot of the uh, the ATTE walking in front of the camera as the you know camera quote unquote sure. as it's kind of dollying in or, or zooming in on the conversation between I think it's Rex Hunter and Anakin and the way that the gears and everything were moving on the tank was just like man that's cool it just looks good everything just looks so good so that's one of the things that i was really paying attention to more than anything because the story i mean honestly the story wasn't grabbing me now i don't know if the story isn't grabbing me because i've already seen it right and i was just really paying attention to the it's almost like the clothing on this story you know the details and the animation and the, the way that things look but i the scene with padme i don't remember in the animatic, and I'm not sure if it was there or not. Right. But I felt like, because I guess that I felt like a night. It was a new idea that Rex may know about Padme. Sure. The way that Anakin talks to him, it's almost like two buddies. Yeah. You know, hey, cover for me while I go have this conversation. And then, of course, Obi Wan knowing. I mean, we've kind of gotten those little hints throughout. I guess these last couple of seasons that Obi Wan does know more than than he's letting on. And I loved, as you said, Kevin Kiner, his callback to Across the Stars when Padme shows up. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautifully done. I really, really enjoyed that. But as I said, it almost felt like these plot points that are getting us from this point to this next point. And I just felt the most consequential thing 
in this beginning part of the episode was the scene that probably, I guess to this episode as a whole, is probably the least interesting point, is Anakin talking with Padme. So it's it's just weird to me. I, it's, it's just how I felt. That's how I felt. You didn't even like that Padme kind of made the point that you and I have made going way back, way back to near the start of our watch where Rex is sharing a lot of Anakin's traits. Oh yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like the most illuminating point of this beginning part of the episode is this conversation between Anakin and Padme that if you're looking at it as a whole, it's probably the least important. What I mean is it's not something that visually you're going to remember. Oh man, that Anakin and Padme conversation. You know what I mean? You're going to remember the battle scenes. You're going to remember the quote unquote cool things in the episode. A conversation between Anakin and Padme is not number one on your list. You're not going to remember them romantically touching each other hologram style, (laughs) putting their hands together. Wasn't that sweet, Robbie? I mean, I liked it. Didn't that melt your heart? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you know, as much as, you know, I can still say sort of objectively that I'm not 100% on their, you know, I guess maybe it's because of when people talk about the prequels and the prequel era, they talk about how the relationship between Padme and Anakin is sort of half-baked. Now, of course, the Clone Wars does a really good job of fleshing a lot of that out. But when you're looking at it objectively, I'm kind of looking at this in a way. I'm looking at it. There's like two sides of my of my brain when as I'm watching this. I'm watching it as someone who's already seen the animatic and is just kind of looking to see what's new. But then I'm also looking at it from somebody who's never watched The Clone Wars. And this might be the first thing they watch this seventh season because it's been, been hyped so much. And looking at it and going, yeah, I still don't buy this whole Anakin Padme thing. I'm talking about somebody who's never watched any of the other seasons and this is the first thing they're watching you know maybe one of their buddies is sitting them down and saying hey you gotta watch this clone war stuff sure and when padme shows up they're gonna be like what why and it's still not gonna be the thing that's the most interesting point to them for this episode like i said it's for me it's one of the best parts of the episode is this conversation and the other best part is when we see ricka doing one-armed shoulder presses while eating a drumstick right that's the other best Mm. part of the episode Maybe maybe number two or three, yeah. Well, maybe the second half of the episode is going to be where the best part is, Robbie, because after Techno Union foreman Watt Tambor takes a call from Admiral Trench to warn him that Republic trouble is on the way, the poll tax lead our heroes to the outskirts of Watt Tambor's city of Percol, where after Tech reports he can no longer detect the signal, the arrogant and conceited crosshair accuses Rex... Of being led by his heart more than his head in his quest to track the signal, which sounds like his old buddy Echo. But Anakin has Rex's back, so they push on into one of those towers where they waste a few dinosaur-like D-wing air support droids. I put dinosaur-like here, Robbie, because they have those kind of sail things on their heads, kind of like a Corythosaurus, which is something that I knew and I didn't have to look up. And (laughs) (laughs) then they locate the Echo signal again. And they have a wee chat with what Tambor over the intercom, waste some more dinosaur-like D-wing air support droids, and then Rex and Tick bust into the central chamber of the tower where they find poor old Echo all wired up and tubed up and still thinking he has to escape the Citadel. And the notes I've got here, Robbie, there is another... Maybe I shouldn't even mention this because it might be your shot of the episode, so I'll actually leave this first note. What I'll do is I'll go to my second note, which is that when Rex and Tick enter 
the chamber. What I've got noted here as the echo chamber. Rex says, I don't like the look of this. Instead of, I have a bad feeling about this. And the last thing, I was just so relieved they found Echo because I had been fearing that they would only find a trace of where Echo had been. You know, Echo was here. Look, there's this evidence we found where Echo was and that Watambo would have moved Echo to a new location and so that the chase would have to continue in the next episode. But no, there he was, looking all freaky and half zombified. It's tough to see poor old Echo looking like that. He doesn't look like he's been having a good time. But I was just relieved for Rex and for Echo and for me that they had found Echo. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting to see Echo almost like as a cyborg, right? Because his whole bottom half is some sort of robotic legs and even part of his arm, right? There's a lot to what's happened to him. And I am assume that we're going to find out more about that in the next episode, but... That's not the Echo that we used to know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. It's Again, I feel like... I guess it's because the action didn't feel like there was any danger, even though some of the action was really neat looking. In fact, my favorite shot of the episode is Crosshair sliding in and shooting uh, one of the droids from kind of the from the ground. Just looked neat, and then it, it quickly followed by Anakin dispatching one of these D-wing air support droids. Which, again, it's a little strange that they're introducing a new battle droid at the end of the Clone Wars. Like, we'd never see these again. And I I looked it up because I was like, I don't remember this design. I just found it interesting that they introduced a new design. Of course, they introduced the Bad Batch here at the end, too. I guess because of that Techno Union droids, you know, and we don't see the Techno Union in Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith, do we? What, Tambor's not part of that story, is he? I can't even remember. I don't know if he's in the room there with, uh, Newt Gunray, you know, at the end when Anakin is taking everybody out. I can't remember. Yeah, I've been saving my rewatch for after we finished the Clone Wars, you know. So I'm much more familiar with the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones because we watched those just before we kicked off, just before we launched on this mission. But I can't remember as much about Revenge of the Sith. Right. But I get what you're saying because it feels like all of the design stuff has been ramping up toward Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith designs. And so having these new elements introduced is interesting. Yeah, it's weird, and it's, but I, some of the old elements too. I love the view screens, the way that the transmissions come in and out. I just love that. I just think it's cool looking. And we hadn't really seen those since Episode One, which kind of makes you think about the, I guess, the way that all the technology and all these different factions of the Separatists—they're all working together. Because Newt Gunray has a huge one of those view screens on his ship in, in Episode One. I don't know. I just really, really enjoyed seeing different designs kind of pop up. Um, some of the other notes that I had on this section, too, is I love that Wrecker is scared of heights. <laughs> it's just something like a cool little... I mean, it's almost a throwaway element thrown in, but I really enjoyed that. I did find the kind of quick disagreement between Crosshair and Rex to be a, another one of those, like, yeah, okay. I mean, it's just another... Yeah, they're different. They think differently than the regular clones. I get it. I don't know, it just felt like a throwaway moment. Yeah, so conceited, eh? That, that crosshair, he's just a nerf herder when it comes down to I it. I love them. I love the bad... I love all of them. I think they're so cool. I love the fact that they have such different personalities. And then, uh, of course, when uh, when Wrecker 
runs in and starts wiping out all those uh, D-wing droids <laughs> as the as the door opens up, and then you hear again one of my favorite things is the the as the droids as they're falling. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That was pretty sweet. But yeah, I mean, it's weird how I can enjoy and appreciate the animation and the action the way that this stuff is going but at the same time have this feeling of okay we get it let's get to the meat of it you know what i mean i almost felt a a moment especially like anakin fighting off the droids in that kind of close quarters room you know it's almost like a storage room it almost felt slightly unneeded i guess that's what it is is i guess uh action as i'm in my old age i'm starting to feel a little bit of uh impatience yeah i just supposed to be getting more patient like Terra sanube told us roby that's not the Jedi way. The Jedi way is to be patient. <laughs> what is this a picture of? Oh, I was just going to say, that was the other picture that I was talking about that I was going to bring up that I didn't bring up because I thought it might be your favorite shot of the episode. Because it's just fake. Look at the awesome framing. Anakin in the middle. Oh, it's cool. The Like two on each side and that's Tex head and they're looking back up. That's all there was. Oh, that's beautiful. I was going to bring it up and just so that you would know what shot I was talking about. Yeah, that's great. That was my other contender for shot of the episode. But uh, yeah. That's it. It's that shot of Anakin standing at sort of the head of that rocky outcrop and Rex is next to him. And then that's Hunter, I guess. And then on the other side of him, there's Crosshair and Rekka. And they're all looking back down that rocky outcrop at Tech, who's looking up at them, delivering the news. It's just a sweet shot. And of course, on this planet of Skako Minor, it's always golden hour, Robbie. It's one of those. It's like, it's just like Florum, how it's always golden hour on Florum. Skako Minor is the same way. Just golden light all the time. Yep. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a good thing that they picked this planet to shoot on, you know? It sure is. Some good location scouts working <laughs> on this show, Robbie. Well, before we bring this one in for a landing, we need to sum up and give our ratings. So after your latest rewatch, should I say rewatch? I guess it's, let's call it a first watch. Your first watch of the full version of Season 7, Episode 2, A Distant Echo. How did you like it, Robbie? And where does Season 7, Episode 2, A Distant Echo sit on that four-star Robbie scale? Well, for me, it, this is an interesting one because I, I'm not exactly sure, like, how is this going to fit into the... Because that's how I've been rating things, you know, up to this point. You know, not only just animation style and that, but more importantly, like, how does it fit into the overall story of the Clone Wars? Not really sure how this is going to fit in. Honestly, I can't remember how this turns out. So in a way, I'm, I'm going to be coming into this next episode a little bit fresh or a little bit fresher, I guess, than these other two. So for me, I'm just not sure. I feel that level of impatience when I'm watching this. It's just like, okay, just get there. Right. Action without consequence is just action for action's sake. And I feel like in a lot of these cases, there's no real danger to any of our heroes. I mean, nobody even gets hurt. So it feels almost like a video game section where you're just kind of mowing down enemies. There's no consequence. It's just filler. So for me, I don't know how this is going to fit in to the major story as a whole, but I still have this at a three out of four because I feel like it's going to be an important chapter in this story. So there you go. Three out of four. Well, it's funny. uh, We've talked in the past about how your three out of four is about the same as my seven out of ten, and I'm giving this a seven cable tow rides behind Kiridax out of ten, Robbie. (laughs) But... I think I had a lot more fun with this episode than you. I love a commando squad on a mission type of story, no matter where it is. And you put that in the Clone Wars, even if 
maybe some of those commandos that are nerf herders, I'm going to have fun with it. <laughs> and so I had fun with pretty much this whole episode. I thought the scene at the start revolving around Anakin's secret communications with Padme, thought that was fun. I really thought these Poltecs had a really cool, creepy kind of design. They almost reminded me of the aliens out of the movie Signs, the M. Night Shyamalan movie, mm. how they just have this creepy way of moving. And I was relieved at the end that we found Echo again. So that is mission accomplished for Rex trying to find Echo. And that is mission accomplished for Season 7, Episode 2, A Distant Echo. And this whole episode, I've been really fighting the urge that every time I say Echo, to say Echo, Echo, Echo. Trying not (laughs) to do that every time because I'm that kind of goofball, Robbie. But if the troops out there have any communications about this episode, if they want to tell you... That you should be enjoying this stuff more. How can they reach us? Well, we are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail, Twitter, and Instagram. That's B U C H O A N D R O B B Y. Yes, sir. And of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 124th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. You know, something we haven't mentioned yet is that when you used to go onto the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology, it used to have the Dark Disciple. Yep. And what's the one with Ventress and Quinlan Voss? Basically, there were there were twelve other episodes in the timeline, and right. so somehow when you look at the actually, I've just refreshed it, and they don't even have one twenty two and one twenty three. But I'm just assuming that for some reason the Dark Disciple storyline and the Ventress and Quinlan Voss storyline. Wait, is that the same storyline? No, it's not right. I'm just assuming that those will be put back into the order somewhere, so that's why I'm still going to call this the 124th episode yep. coming up, because that's my understanding. I might be wrong, so, you know, if so, it wouldn't be the first time. But anyway, that's what's coming up next time. It's Season 7, Episode 3, On the Wings of Kira Dax. And until then, this is your old buddy, Bucho, alongside your trusty pal, Robbie. And we are out. Remember, you can support Sending the Clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform, and Pucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Pucho and Robbie at gmail.com. May the force be with you. Gotta get him out of here. Figure out how to unplug him from from this mess. What have they done to you? We we have to get to the shuttle to escape the citadel. No, I'll go first. Echo. Now, Echo. It's Rex. No. I'm here. No, no. Rex, you you came back for me. Yes. Yes, I did. What? What happened? Where am I? It's okay, Echo. You're safe now. Just sit tight, Trooper. You're going home. <laughs> <laughs>